I know the season is still a ways away. I know there's actually a reason for excitement around this West Virginia football program right now. And I even know that the season is going to begin with the rebirth of the backyard brawl. So no matter what, there's excitement for that. But what I also know, and this has kind of been under the radar a little bit, it's recently popped off in a conversation that I was in, so I wanted to address it here, that Neil Brown is under some pressure. Maybe no secret there, but more importantly, the Neil Brown under some pressure, which is part of how, why he did some work in the offseason that maybe could have saved his West Virginia tenure. Neil Brown should also be on the hot seat. I am Mike Osti, and of course, this is Mike Drop here on Pittsburgh Sports Live. And you guessed it, this is a West Virginia Mountaineers edition here. Of course, head over to WV Sports Now for all our West Virginia coverage throughout the Sports Now family of networks. And Neil Brown is entering year four as head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. That's kind of amazing, to be honest with you. And I know many of my colleagues, including some came on shows of mine and said that his first year was quote unquote year zero. And they were calling it year zero and media was saying year zero and I cooperated. Okay. Year zero. The cover was kind of bare for him. I get it. You also got to give some time. He felt like the perfect fit at the time too. coming from Troy at the time, an offensive genius there, obviously a lower level program, but success there. Look at his age, look at where he came from, look at the success there and it felt like he fit. He wanted to be at West Virginia. He understood the history of West Virginia. He ingratiated himself to the community, to fans, to media, to Don Nalen, for crying out loud. He felt like a really good guy. And it was also the converse, and some former players told me this, point blank, it was the converse of his predecessor in that regard. Many of them. Mike Logan told me directly. We all know Pat McAfee has said this, been open about this. They didn't feel welcome under the Dana Holgerson regime. They did not feel welcome at the program while it was being run by Dana Holgerson. And obviously there was success there, Orange Bowl, et cetera. It's not like it was all bad under Dana. And yeah, maybe at the end, there were some disappointing losses and maybe underachieving. And certainly he, again, left the cover kind of bare for Neil Brown, brought in Will Greer, had the big win over Texas, but then nothing else, not even a bowl game started by Will Greer. So no team success with Greer. And then early in the tenure, but not late. He did usher it in though, to the Big 12, so it's not wasn't all bad by any means, but it was kind of all bad in terms of relationship building, in terms of respecting the past, and the fact that there have been greats at West Virginia, and there are greats that still want to go there, and there are some names, and there are some famous people, and there are some success stories. Again, the guys I mentioned, they wanted to go to games. Mike Logan wanted to go. He said he didn't feel welcome. Pat McAfee publicly said that. He didn't feel welcome there. Of course, names don't get much bigger, really, in this generation than Pat McAfee. And that just sucks to hear. Just does. Just sucks to hear. Again, you're taking them at their word, but they weren't there. Kind of wondered why. And, and others, I'm sure, felt the same, even if I didn't hear it from them directly and they weren't public with it. So sucks to hear. And that was not the case for Neil Brown at all. He immediately welcomed back everybody like that. He immediately, he, he kind of is more personable, maybe in general. Certainly the media liked him. Uh, again, nobody wanted Neil Brown to fail. Everyone wanted immediately Neil Brown to have success. And Shane Lyons and him were on lockstep 
right away. I heard that from the horse's mouth. I heard that from people very close to Shane Lyons, that that was the case. The Shane Lyons still, he's invested. He was invested right away, wanting Neil Brown to have success. So right away, it seemed great and obviously, okay, expectations got. I did a show literally titled West Virginia fans got to temper expectations about Neil Brown right when he took the job. Because again, you got to give it some time. But you look at his career at West Virginia. You give it time, you go five and seven. Okay. Then, yeah, you have COVID. You get the six W's. You have COVID. You get into a bowl game. You get into a, a situation that is quality, to say the least, and a quality bowl game. Yeah, the Liberty Bowl, a quality bowl game. It's not some random dot com. It's it's a it's a minor bowl game, but it's a bowl game with some history. So you maybe would care more about winning that than say uh, you know was the GoDaddy Bowl or even the Cheez It Bowl and different bowls named after cities. Come on, they're getting watered down. But the Liberty Bowl, there's something there, and it was over a quality opponent, an Army that had won nine games. It felt like West Virginia was living out the moniker that after that first quote-unquote year zero and in that first year of Neil Brown, which really was his second year, by the way, to be real, and again, after success at Troy, three straight bowl wins to end his time at Troy, but again, lower-level stuff. You're looking at Dollar General Bowl and New Orleans Bowl as the big bowl games while at Troy, so already better at the Liberty Bowl. And it took a year. Okay, it's fine. Trust the climb. Trust the climb was the moniker that then was adopted by West Virginia, by the program, by Neil Brown. All the time you would hear it. And you felt like, okay, it's taken a dip, a little bit of a lull, a transition from coaches. You got to be fair. Again, covered bear, Greer gone to the NFL, a whole new regime, different system than Dana Olgerson. So you got to give it time as well. This isn't Alabama. You're not going to be unreasonable or you shouldn't be in terms of just churning, no matter who's there. And all of a sudden, Year two, year one for some, you're getting a, a quality season, a quality bowl win. Yeah, had some losses you wish you could have back, of course. And again, it was a few years before you even got a big-time victory. And you then could argue season after, maybe the big-time victory, okay, you're stepping, up a little, you're stepping it up a little bit. Maybe you're arguing Virginia Tech, rebirth of that rivalry. I mean, that's the big time win. But then you saw what happened with Virginia Tech at the end of that season. They really weren't that great. So how many, I guess the Army win, the big that's the big time win. But regular season-wise, really what's there? And you go from six wins that, into a bowl game and into uh, a quality win, but that was a truncated COVID year. So it was six and four. Six and seven this past season. Uh, and obviously that is a bowl loss in the guaranteed rate bowl. That's not as much history as the Liberty Bowl. It doesn't really feel as good being there. And of course, that season felt like it was dead in the water right away. Again, big win early, didn't mean much when you saw what Virginia Tech was going to be the rest of the year and kind of what they became and how good they really weren't everywhere else. It's, you know, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment and, and just losing the teams and programs that you feel like shouldn't be better. Most of his time losing to Texas Tech consistently with Jared Deggy losing at home and feeling like, okay, Texas Tech shouldn't be a better program than you. You're in the same conference and they kind of have been. And, you know, struggling in games that you really should lock up. And yeah, okay, competitive against Texas like they was but what does that do because they're not really back and you're getting close game against Oklahoma almost snagging it to them but you don't you don't beat them and then again you have your problems and have those upset losses so you're lacking big wins but again trust the climb 
you go to a climb. You climb up to a bowl win, even though it was a truncated COVID year, the total win total might not be impressive. You get a bowl win over a quality opponent in a historical bowl game. Next year, that's gone, okay? That's immediately gone. And you go from what you think is a climb to dipping down. So are you in neutral or are you falling off this mountain you're supposedly climbing towards? So again, Dana, Dana Holgerson kind of did a similar thing, but he had tons of success early on with the Orange Bowl. And yes, it was a different system. Maybe that's unfair, but that's there. That's not there for Neil Brown right now. So this is a very important year for Neil Brown. And I know people don't want to hear this because, again, everyone likes Neil Brown. But I can tell you this. I'm not going to out anybody. But last season doing these postgame shows, covering this team, pretty much every show we did, win or lose, because it just didn't feel good any way you slice it all year. Most of the commentary kind of was about it being a disappointing year. You guests would come on and be disappointed. And then you, you get I get random messages from former players that, hey, I'm out on Neil Brown now. I'm no longer with Neil Brown. Because Neil Brown, prior to last season, had that impassioned speech that we're going to get back to glory. And then you go from a bowl win to much worse. And you really can't say you're climbing anymore. So again, it felt murky. It felt bad. No one sold on Jared Daggy, no matter what the numbers said. He didn't give it to you. He didn't feel it. And yeah, he transfers, but kind of was asked to leave. So that era is gone. Some thought, okay, is this going to be another year where you punt? What's going to happen this year? Is it going to be Garrett Green? But we haven't seen pass packages. Neil Brown's not sold on him. What's going to happen? Obviously you bring in Nico, but that's for more of the future. It's going to be another bad, murky year. And okay, if that's the case, yes, it's still three, four, five years in. That's not going to work well for Neil Brown in this day and age. You don't just get forever at a major program to try to figure it out. After you climb, you have the covered bear, and then you fall right off and you're a neutral or falling off that mountain. But if that was a scenario, okay, I could sit here and argue you got to give a year as a mulligan to Neil Brown. I, I get it's been so many years. There's been lacking big wins. You're 17 and 18 overall. Sucks, sucks, and sucks. And maybe he's not a big-time head coach. Maybe Troy's where he peaks. And I'm not putting that on him right now. But maybe you could, you could feel that. But you got to give it a year or so because, again, you got to recruit in, true freshman. What can you expect there? You're not really ready. You're losing pieces, losing stills, et cetera, and having lost – um, Darius Stills for years and Dante Stills being back, but a lot of a lot of players having left and Letty Brown, of course, gone. That's the biggest weapon West Virginia's had over the last couple of years, but obviously it didn't work last year. So okay, you give it as a mulligan. Fast forward to what actually happened this offseason, which is why I'm going to say Neil Brown's on the hot seat or should. And I don't think he is, by the way. That's why I'm saying should. Knowing Shane Lyons, knowing people that know him very well and what I've heard from reading tea leaves and kind of from people that are close in there, Neil Brown again and Shane Lyons are in lockstep with each other. They're kind of together in this. Okay, this is a partnership. So Shane Lyons is going to give Neil Brown all the rope he can get. And I would imagine that unless this year is a two-win season, even if it somehow is less than six wins, because that was the commentary that I'm responding here to, people predicting West Virginia four or five wins, four and a half, I think right now is what someone put out there in terms of the over-under. I mean, come on now. If that's where you are, that does feel unacceptable based on the offseason West Virginia just had. But if that was where you are and the cover was there and you didn't bring in, say, JT Daniels, obviously, and I touched on this in a past show on this very channel and on this very site on what that really means and the impact of that. And obviously it's major, but if it was a situation where there's really no legit QB there and you're kind of waiting 
you lose weapons, etc. Okay, four wins sucks. You don't want to just keep falling off that mountain. But I give Neil Brown a mulligan for a year. You rebuild it. Him and Shane Lyons are close. Shane Lyons is probably not going to even fire him if he doesn't get six wins with this situation because they're so close. But next year, he certainly would be really on that hot seat. But okay, I could hear it. But Neil Brown did work in the offseason. And that's good. That's what you want. That's what he should have done. He's proven he can recruit. He's, it might be transfers, but he's proven he can bring guys in. And yeah, you're going to lose. And we all know about Mesador and others. Yes, he's lost players. Everyone's lost players. But again, Neil Brown has lost players, and that's not good. But he's also proven he can bring in big-time players and a big-time recruit. Again, Nico for the future. And right now, JT Daniels, a former five-star former USC, former Georgia. No, it didn't really work out at those places. Obviously, bigger time programs than West Virginia, but he's falling back on the Mountaineers, and that could be a benefit for West Virginia for a couple of years to kind of resurrect this program right now, at least give it hope, at least make it competitive. That's what I talked about on that show right after that news, that honestly, going in the backyard brawl, it's cool, it's exciting, tons of pressure on Neil Brown, but I was going to have to do a show like this and argue that you got to give him a year as a mulligan. You got to wait and see. You can't grade him off this year. There's nothing there. There's no QB. It'll be the next year that he got to step up a little bit and then be on the hot seat. It sucks to say, but you're almost another year zero type scenario here, even though it's four years in. But now with JT there, Neil Brown kind of saved maybe his tenure possibly and showed that even if the program's not winning and it's down and out and it, maybe it's coming off one of its worst season it's had in 20 years, honestly, that he can still bring in a, a guy like that. And even though he said he was an offensive genius and others have said Neil Brown's an offensive genius out of Troy, and he put points up there, of course, at a lower level, West Virginia's offense has been anemic at times since he's come to Morgantown. So we have not seen an offensive explosion. In fact, two years ago, the defense was number one in the country for a few games into the season. Last year, the defense was even serviceable at times. The defense has been better than some would have thought. They went off of a scandal a couple years ago with Vic Koenig and the whole racism scandal and him leaving and how close him and Neil Brown were and how much he meant to that defense and turned it around and were a great defense to start that season. So West Virginia's defense has not been the problem. No, I'm not saying it's the best in the country, but it's not the problem. West Virginia's offense doesn't have an identity, hasn't been nearly good enough, the offensive line has not been there. Letty certainly was not there last year to where he was a year earlier. And Jared Deggy, okay at times against bad teams, makes too many mistakes otherwise, doesn't give you that vibe of having success. And some wide receivers have stepped up, but again, not enough. The offense just hasn't been able to move the ball enough, and it's being led by a quote-unquote offensive guru in Neil Brown. So he's not been able to prove what he can do at Troy. He can do at West Virginia in terms of offense, in terms of wins and losses. Even if the wins weren't there, you want to see the points. You're not even seeing that at West Virginia. Okay, he's putting up points against lower-level programs, really bad programs, but not even your level or even teams you should be competing against and at least scoring win or lose. Okay, so and that's why 13% is the opportunity that West Virginia has against Pitt. That's why you're seeing that percentage out there in terms of that game. You got Slovis there, even though Kenny Pickett's gone. They're going to put up points even without Jordan Addison. Can West Virginia hang with them? Can they do that? No, unless JT Daniels can. Unless JT Daniels can help lead the way. But JT Daniels being there is twofold. 
it can help save the Neil Brown era. It does bring excitement to this program right now. There's reason to get excited because you have a top recruit, even if it's in the past, a kid who has thrown yards, who has thrown touchdowns, has played in big games, has played high-level college football, is a veteran in this, and also very, very hungry and trying to end his career on a positive note and kind of save his college career as well overall. Having him, Reason for excitement, it's legit. I'm not in any way guaranteeing that's nine, ten wins or even eight wins like some are throwing out there, but there's reason for excitement. It otherwise wouldn't be there without him. And it shows that Neil Brown can do work and bring in transfers, bring in recruits for now and the future, even after the season's not what you want for West Virginia. So that's a positive for Neil Brown recruiting-wise as well. He can do all this after a bad year, not after a good year, but after a bad year. That's big. Like Pitt brings in Slovis after the best season they've had in 50 years. It makes sense. He didn't know about the Addison situation, but it makes sense. That's going to bring in more players, get you more attractive as a program when you're that good and when you cash in off a special year. West Virginia is coming off one of the worst seasons they've had in a long time and yet brings in maybe the other dominant in the rough quarterback that's a veteran that's looking to go somewhere else. They're head-to-head in the backyard brawl in JT Daniels. And some could argue because of the offensive coordinator situation, because of the connection coaching-wise, bringing in Graham Harrell, et cetera, maybe that's as big of a deal as anything that's kind of under the rug and, and underrated as well. The JT Daniels could soar, could have a great year, could have a special year. Who knows about any individual awards, but could lead West Virginia to respectability, if anything else, if not being competitive. And that wouldn't have happened with Deggy. That wouldn't have certainly happened without JT Daniels or with any other options that were there. A true freshman, Garrett Green, wasn't going to work, wasn't going to happen. So that's to Cornelio Brown. That's to Neil Brown's credit, to bring in JT and do that and add that excitement. But the other end of it is, now that JT's there, there's some pressure. And if West Virginia, I'm not saying again that West Virginia has to win eight games or go to a major bowl game or even contend for this conference title the way it's currently formed. But it can't be four wins. It can't be four wins. You can't bring in JT Daniels for everything that he represents. And it's all positive in terms of hype, excitement, and even expectations of level of play on the field that would not have been there otherwise. You're even kind of taking a, a pride hit. And okay, somebody else helped me with the offense. I'm an offensive guru, but somebody else helped me. That's mature. That's what you want from Neil Brown. And again, says and does all the right things. Wins and losses got to be there. It's a results-based business. So you bring in JT. That's great. I think he saved the off season a little bit there with Mesco and others leaving by having JT Daniels come aboard for at least one, if not two years. And that, again, could save this bridge. And then maybe you give it to Nico or whatever else. That could work. And you right away off a backyard brawl. So I'm not saying they're going to beat Pitt. I'm not saying I'm predicting that, by the way, although who knows? Pitt has certainly had some bad losses. Uh, so again, it could happen. Wouldn't shock me. And they have an easy schedule those first few games besides Pitt to kind of get their footing, win or lose the brawl. But because of all of that, because of JT Daniels now creating some expectations, even after a bad year for West Virginia, that puts more pressure on Neil Brown. And going into year four, and then after that would be year five, the wins and losses got to be there. So I'm not getting crazy and saying it got to be eight wins or got to be nine, ten, anything else. I'm not saying JT got to mean that, okay? Maybe next year if he's still there, maybe then you can have those expectations depending on the team, but even then probably not. I'm saying at minimum, Got to be six into a bowl game at minimum. You look at the schedule, it's not murder's row. You got to beat the team you're supposed to beat. Okay, maybe Pitt's favor. Maybe other teams are going to be favored against you. I'm not saying you got to go undefeated here. You're not. 
but you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's what Jared Dagan and the Mountaineers did not do. There were some games in there they should have won that weren't better teams, that if you add those wins, it would have been better years, of course. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And I really think it's not unreasonable to say six wins at minimum and getting into a legit bowl game like a Liberty Bowl, not, you know, the guaranteed rate bowl or whatever you're thrown into. I know the big 12 tie-ins aren't great. So getting into a bowl game is minimum. Anything less than getting into a bowl game. And I know they're not going to do this. He's on the hot seat, but they're not going to do this. They're going to give him at least another year if there's progress. But if it's me, and again, I love Neil Brown, everything he's represented. He says and does all the right things, but it's a results-based business. The wins are lacking. The climb is not happening. It's not climbing. And it's a results-based business. So. If West Virginia doesn't get six wins this year with JT Daniels and now with some expectations around this program, despite last year, I'd fire them. And I'm not saying they're guaranteed going to get someone better. Who knows? At least maybe at the same level. But you got to send somewhat of a message that is going into this new Big 12 or wherever West Virginia would find themselves that you got to have some standard for the 15th winningest program in college football history. Okay. You got to have some standard, even though it's different now. Something. Got to at least be bowl game. You got to have two, two bowl, two or three bowl wins, maybe in five years. I don't think that'd be unreasonable. Two of bowl appearances so far, only the one win. You're giving me four years, two bowl wins. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy. And after last year, you got to at least get into some respectability. You can't go from a bowl game after a bowl win to now, not even that and four or five wins with a better quarterback. That wouldn't make sense when you're an offensive guy, a better quarterback. You brought him there. Great. A better quarterback. And less wins, okay, when you're an offensive guy and you also bring in another offensive guy that he knows, no, that can't happen. Honestly, seven wins should be what you want. If you really want to – if you're truly going to say this program's climbing, climbing's up, you got to climb. Climbing isn't neutral. Climbing isn't dropping. And Maybe they're getting rid of the moniker. But I think seven wins is not unreasonable with that schedule with this quarterback. And with the pressure that is there, six at minimum, or honestly, he's gone for me, even though it will just put him on the hot seat and he won't be. I'm not predicting it. I'm saying I would do it. I would fire Neil Brown with under six wins this season based on JT Daniels, based on everything else, and based on what he's done so far or hasn't done. And honestly, I'd want seven. I'd honestly want seven and a little better bowl game, lock it up prior to the last game or so of the season. Show a climb. Don't have to be eight or getting crazy. Show me a climb. Show me a better record. Show me something. Show improvement with a better quarterback. That should happen. And that should be an expectation for this program this year and on Neil Brown as well. But again, I don't want to drop the mic on Neil Brown, but I got to drop the mic on Neil Brown so far in his tenure. It's just not been good enough. And a climb has to go upward and feel better, not worse, not neutral, not falling. That's where the West Virginia program felt like prior to JT Daniels. That adds something, that adds flavor, that adds excitement. That's something you can work with to try to compete, but who knows where it's going to lead you. And there's now pressure to make it work. So for me, if Neil Brown did not at least get a bowl game, if not plus that and say seven wins, I would move on. I would say this tenure was unsuccessful despite how great of a guy he is and has been and some good things that did happen at the program on and off the field, but not enough on, not enough big wins, uh, below 500 overall record, just bowl game win to squeaking in to 
four wins, uh, like some are predicting for this coming season after JT Daniels comes aboard and you get a better quarterback situation? No, I can't take that. I can't handle that. But at the very least, Neil Brown is on the hot seat and should be on the hot seat for this coming year, especially after doing work this offseason. But the pressure is on. The work's good, but the pressure's on now. It's a results-based business. So every, no matter how great Neil Brown is in general, I'm not afraid to say we got to see results or he should be gone. Turn up the heat, Neil Brown. The pressure is on this season because of what you did this offseason to kind of save your tenure at West Virginia. Again, find us at WV Sports now. We'll be having we'll have the Mountaineers coverage all through the offseason and of course into the season. We'll be having everything you could imagine in terms of West Virginia athletics and then going into the backyard brawl that hopefully I can be a part of that coverage, but I do have a daughter who is potentially due around that time. So I'm a little nervous that's going to be prepped and interrupted and I won't be with you after that game, leading up to that game or that coverage, unfortunately, but it's there. It's going to happen for West Virginia and Pitt nonetheless. And again, pressure on Neil Brown. I don't know about that game, the pressure on this year to turn it around, to show something, show a climb, especially after bringing in JT Daniels. So a good offseason overall. I honestly would say that even after some key losses that we mentioned earlier, but the tenure has not been good enough and the pressure is there to produce and show a climb now so find us wv sports now and also comment below and subscribe to this channel i'll fire back in the comments you can tell me i'm right you can tell me i'm wrong i'll talk to you either way i'm not afraid to converse and also subscribe to get notifications when any of my shows are released here on this channel when we pop off with any live broadcasts and also player interviews coaching interviews through our entire family of networks Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.